Is your money not sure what to do with itself right now? At Ally, they'll help it save for the future with their smart savings tools. Bucket your money for the things that matter most. Analyze your spending and save automatically. All on top of a competitive rate. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com slash savings for more info. Ally, do it right. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to The Jump. I am Rachel Nichols. Today, I am joined by 2008 Finals MVP, The Truth, Paul Pierce, and our senior writer, Zach Lowe. And guys, coming up, Nuggets star Nikola Jokic has tested positive for the coronavirus back in Serbia. We will discuss what this means for him and for the Nuggets as the NBA attempts to restart the season in Orlando coming up. First, though, let's talk about Avery Bradley. He started 44 games for the Lakers this season, and he told our Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday he has informed Lakers management he is sitting out the NBA's restart in Orlando. Now, Bradley cited family reasons. His six-year-old son, Liam, has a history of struggling to recover from respiratory illnesses, and he feels it's unlikely that Liam would have been medically clear to enter the bubble when family are allowed to join the teams in the second round of the playoffs. So the Lakers are losing a key rotational piece in Bradley. And according to Woj, who are they looking to to replace him? The leading candidate is J.R. Smith, who has been out of the NBA for two years. Lakers president Rob Polinka reportedly discussing a deal with Smith's agent, Rich Paul. Paul Pierce, what is the impact of the Lakers losing Bradley? And is J.R. a good fit to replace him? I mean, that's a, that's a major, major blow to the Lakers. I mean, I think he was a, a great complimentary piece to what the Lakers were doing. They developed the chemistry around Avery Bradley throughout the year, securing them a number one spot in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, and then adding J.R. Smith, which I do believe he can help uh, at some point. Uh, but there's nothing like having a guy that's been there all year, been in the locker room. You know, you're dealing with chemistry issues now, you know. So that's, does that mean uh, a bigger role for, for other players? You know, guys like KCP. Uh, Rondo, you know, these guys will have to step up. But when you lose a starter, a guy who's a key piece, that, that's a major blow. Yeah, I saw a lot of snark on Twitter last night about Avery Bradley, you know, the totally replaceable. And, yeah, you know, on the surface, more Alex Caruso, more KCP. You just fill those Avery Bradley minutes. But a couple of things. Number one, your margin for error for an injury to one of those guys or they get the coronavirus is now down to almost zero. After that, you're going into the deep bench and guys, as you mentioned, who haven't played in two years or barely have played in two years. And the other thing, just a data point, the starting lineup with Avery Bradley plus 13 points per 100 possessions. Same lineup with KCP plus three. Some of that is luck and randomness and opponent shooting and all that will change and any lineup with LeBron and AD is going to be fine. But I thought Avery Bradley was a pretty good fit for this Lakers team. He, he defended point guards really well. That's his best position on defense. 36% from three. He's a really good cutter. And anytime you have a good cutter with LeBron James, that's generally a good thing. So I wouldn't just scoff at this as, oh, they'll just soldier on, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, we talk about defensive value. Sometimes that's hard to quantify. But look at Avery Bradley's effective shoot, his defense when he's the closest defender against effective shooting percentage, guys. He is the best in the league at defending the three. 
So that's what the Lakers will be missing as they try to win the title. And Zach, you're right. Alex Caruso right up there on that last list, too. So at least they have a good replacement there. But we all know playoffs are a slog. This is a huge blow to Lakers depth. And there's a tremendous amount now riding on Alex Caruso and his health. I, I do think the J.R. Smith replacement is intriguing. We don't know what we're going to get with JR. That was true, by the way, in JR Smith's prime. It's certainly true after two years basically <laughs> off. But I will say this you talk about chemistry, Paul. JR Smith has chemistry with the Lakers' most important player on the court, the decision maker, the guy who is not only a star, LeBron James, but the one who is passing around the ball. And JR Smith has been in multiple NBA finals. So at least they know if they get there, he won't be overwhelmed by the moment. Now, how much can he play at this point? We don't know that. I I am so fascinated to see how this plays out. All right, guys, I want to move on to some other players because today is the soft target date for players to opt out of Orlando in general. And we've already had other players turn it down as well. Trevor Ariza opting not to join the Blazers due to having committed to a one-month visitation window with his son. There are other players opting out for other reasons. Unrestricted to free agent to be Wizards forward Davis Bertans has already recovered from two ACL injuries over the course of his career. Doesn't want to risk another one right before what he expects to be a lucrative long-term contract offer this summer. ESPN's Bobby Marks says that Bertans stands to lose about half a million dollars in salary in order to stay home. Although he thinks he's going to get that money back over the summer or over the offseason. And the Wizards fully supportive of the decision. Not everyone is, though, guys. Magic guard Evan Fournier tweeted in response, quote, he put the crying, laughing emojis. He said, this is what's wrong with the NBA nowadays, man. And then he followed up with, seriously, though, if you think it's okay to sit and watch your teammates play while you're perfectly healthy, it says a lot about you. So, Paul, players who are potentially sitting out for social justice reasons, we're going to just put them in a whole separate category. But when it comes to guys like Bertans or Victor Oladipo, who told Woj he's trying to evaluate what his risk of re-injury is if he participates in Orlando, how big a deal is it for those players to sit out? You know what, Rach? I look at this as a business move, right? You know, if if there's any chance he can go down to Orlando, participate for his team, let's just let's just say, you know, they're not winning a championship. Washington is not going to win a championship. This guy has upped his value throughout the year. He's shooting high. He's shooting in the 40s from three. You know, he's one of the more improved players in this league, and he has an opportunity to really make some serious cash this summer. So let's just say he goes down to Orlando, gets hurt in a, in a meaningless game uh, or, or catch COVID, you know, maybe his value goes down. And, you know, with the way the players are today, you know, they're business-minded, and, and I'm sure he's getting advice from family, friends, his agent. This is a straight great business move because, like I said, an injury could really bring his value down sit out, you know, and he's going to make that money up this summer with a new contract. First of all, this is exactly why it was stupid for the NBA to invite two teams who had literally almost 0% chance to even make the playoffs and go ask them to quarantine for six weeks away from their families for no reason basketball was. Number two, you know, what Evan Fournier said, he said, you know, this is what's wrong with the NBA nowadays, blah, blah, blah. Well, this isn't the NBA as we've known the NBA. This is a bubble quarantine environment in Orlando amid a global pandemic. And maybe some players, forget the injury risk in the free agency, maybe some players who, if they don't go to Orlando, you know, 
maybe they'll just stay home. Maybe they don't feel comfortable playing pickup or five-on-five or full-contact basketball when guys are breathing on each other and sweating. This is an individual decision in a highly unusual environment. And the NBA themselves have said, mm-hmm. have said, you don't have to come if you don't want. They've telegraphed that this isn't a normal NBA. So I don't think it's, I, I think it's fine for players to make whatever decision they want. Well, look, I mentioned social justice, and we don't know if any NBA players are going to take the route that WNBA player Renee Montgomery has taken. She said she's going to take time away from basketball to focus on improving the system. But we do know that the NBA and the Players Association have just announced today they've agreed in principle that, quote, the goal of the season restart in Orlando will be to take collective action to combat systemic racism and promote social justice. Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Malcolm Brogdon, and C.J. McCollum have all been taking part in conversations on this, meetings with the league, and they say that there is more to come. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. All right, guys, coming up more on this show, teams are interested in signing DeMarcus Cousins ahead of the NBA's restart in Orlando. But should Boogie return or rehab for next season? We'll discuss that. First, though, it's 36 days until the start of the NBA season. I can finally say that again. We're counting down the top 36 plays of the season. We're starting today with Jason Tatum. Grant Williams gets in safe to Marcus Smart. And off Tatum. Tatum drives George right there. Tatum gets a wide open look and knocks it down. Right-hand dribble, steps back, breaks the ankle of Paul George, and drills the three to tie it with the country watching. I mean, this this wasn't the first time I was on the Tatum highlights, so uh, it won't be the last, I'm sure. Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Tonight, the Undefeated presents a special entitled, Time for Change, We Won't Be Defeated. This is going to examine black athletes' experiences with injustice and the unifying role that sports continues to play in bridging the divide between law enforcement and people of color in America. Elle Duncan, Michael Eves, Jay Harris, and our own Maria Taylor are hosting 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ESPN and the app. And welcome back to The Jump, guys. The Pacers' Malcolm Brogdon has announced he has tested positive for COVID. He says he's in quarantine now, but he is planning to join his teammates in Orlando. We also know that All-NBA center Nikola Jokic has tested positive for the coronavirus in his native Serbia. That was reported by our Adrian Wojnarowski and Brian Winhorst. Jokic has been asymptomatic, and he's expected to be cleared to travel to Denver within a week, sources said. Also worth noting, Jokic has lost... 40 pounds, transformed his body during the league's hiatus. Zach, Tim Conley says Jokic has abs now. So the combination of all of it, what does it mean for the Nuggets, who, as we heard Jamal Murray say, absolutely believe they are title contenders? First of all, if Nicole Jokic has a six-pack, I think you just stopped the Orlando thing and award the Denver Nuggets the NBA championship. It's over after that. <laughs> um, second of all, look, there, there's, um, there are... A couple of ways to look at this. Number one, from a personal level, 
it's easy to say, oh, he's asymptomatic, he's going to be fine. I think we're starting to forget, like, this is still brand new. We don't know really a lot about this virus. We don't know what long-term effects it might have. So I, I'm, I get a little uncomfortable when people say, oh, you know, he's going to, we start talking about it from a competitive standpoint and we leave the personal stuff. So like, I worry about anybody getting it. I, we don't know what it does long-term, even if you have no symptoms. From a competitive standpoint, which is how teams are sort of wired to focus, I have heard a lot of teams, and I'm not saying I've heard this from the Nuggets, say, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if our guys are going to get it. If you start from the assumption that some of our guys are going to get it, it wouldn't be so bad if they got it now because they can quarantine and isolate and then start gearing up, and then presumably they will not get it in Orlando when we're playing games. I think that's a little bit – there's some truth to that, but when you're quarantining, you're, you're probably not supposed to do cardio – Getting in shape, we're getting back in game shape. You have less time to do that, so there are some downsides. But I have heard that sentiment from teams. Hmm. Yeah, that that that's a that's that's what's going to worry me the most. You know, going into Orlando, yeah, you know, how many players uh, are going to have the virus? Because there's going to be more and more players, I believe, that that are going to have the virus. And and to me, uh, Rachel and Zach, I truly believe if you have some major players happen to sit out during a major time in the playoffs, it's going to be an asterisk on the champion this year. Because say like you get to the Western Conference Finals or the Eastern Conference Finals and you have a, a major player have to sit out for but like Paul, a week there's or There's no asterisk of the Raptors, the even though they won with Kevin Durant but or Clay I'm Thompson saying, not like, playing. This is, this is I mean, this is totally different. Yeah, you lose players to, to injury, but then you have a player who's not injured but is asymptomatic and has to sit out two weeks during the middle of a playoff series. That's going to be a huge blow. And, and, and I'm like, we're going to look back and see the championship and say, well, Ante Tacumpo couldn't play for three games in the finals. He came back for game four and five or, or five and six. They wind up losing. I mean, how does that look? How, do, how would you feel as a champion if that were the case, if that were to happen? I just don't know. Look, Zach, I know you feel like it would be harder to win, right, in all these conditions? Well, I do feel that it, it could become – the asterisk could become a badge of honor. But I do agree with Paul that, like, what's different is that this isn't a sprained ankle. This is the NBA voluntarily going to play its playoffs during a pandemic and introducing the possibility – maybe it's a slight one, maybe it's not – that not just one player, key player, gets injured, but that an outbreak consumes a team or a playoff series to the point that it's just not recognizable. And it's not a sprained ankle and it's not an ACL. It's not stuff we're used to, but it's a virus that 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 has – sort of we decided to do this i do think if enough players get it or if a whole team gets decimated by it that it is going to be an asterisk it's unavoidable all right well i want to get to demarcus cousins guys we know he hasn't played this season at all because he tore his acl back in august he spent time on the lakers roster before being released in february so they could make some more room his agent jeff schwartz has said cousins has not made up his mind yet on whether to sign with the team for the nba's return in orlando we know the Washington Wizards. You got John Wall campaigning for him. Paul, should Boogie return or rehab? You know what? For Boogie, I really believe that this is a high risk, high reward for him. You know, he's coming off some major injuries over the last few years. Um, yeah, somebody's going to take a chance on him maybe next year. But say Boogie comes back this year. He performs admirably and, and, and he plays well. You know, he can line himself for a decent contract. Whereas if he sits out, uh, there's some uncertainty about his health. You know, yeah, a team will take a chance on him, 
But, you know, he's not going to get paid handsomely like he would if he went out to Orlando and performed for a month or two and performed well. So, you know, I don't know. You know, that's a decision he's going to have to make uh, within himself and then see if he's ready. If not, you know, take the whole offseason. Use next year to, to do a one-year contract. If he performs well, he gets, he gets his payday he's been looking for. Yeah, I'm not in the business of telling players what they should or shouldn't do with their bodies. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, he should just sit out, he should just sit out. I look back to last finals when DeMarcus did not look nearly like himself during the first three or four games, and everybody said, why is he even playing? He shouldn't play. Game five, he gets thrown in, plays really well. The Warriors don't win that game without they him. They do not win game without six. him. So if, if, if he wants to come back and play, just like Paul says, I mean, I can imagine DeMarcus thinking, my time as a highly paid or mid-level paid player is in jeopardy, and I need to try to prove to people that I can still be that player. So if he does want to come back and it's a rush or maybe it's not, that's up to him. I mean, look, it will be almost a year since he would have torn his ACL. And we do have to remember, if it is with a team like the Wizards, say, Washington is not likely making it into the playoffs. So you're really effectively talking about two weeks of basketball. And if he could get those two weeks and get through making a good showing and without being injured, it's almost going to count as like a test season for him, and it will put him in better position when he's hitting the market in the offseason. We will have to see if he ends up deciding to do that and, of course, if he is healthy enough to do that. All right, coming up, Andre Drummond said he is picking up his option to stay in Cleveland next season. Do we expect more players to do the same due to the uncertainty of the market? That is next up on the jump. First, though, here's a distant replay from the 1992 NBA draft, and I'm just going to say this is a big one, guys. With the first pick in the 1992 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic selects Shaquille O'Neal from Louisiana State University. 7-1, 300 pounds, only 20 years old, an early entry candidate. One selection that bypassed you was the U.S. Olympic team. How disappointing is it for you not to be a part of that team? I was disappointed at first. However, Christian Leitner, he is a great player, and I just want to wish... Uh, it's your home speaking and i need you to do me a couple of favors first could you get that blueberry that rolled under the fridge last week it's throwing my feng shui off second thing bundle your home and car insurance with geico it's easy and we could save money lastly i know you were thinking of painting the nursery back to off-white but i'm actually feeling this baby blue didn't think it was my color but i am pulling it off geico for bundling made easy go to geico.com today a free agency announcement show wasn't the idea of lebron or his friends or anyone at espn it was pitched by a guy named Drew from Columbus, Ohio, in Bill Simmons's mailbag column. Drew wrote, what if LeBron announces he will pick his 2010-11 team live on ABC? Simmons replied that LeBron should market and sell the show. All right, guys, it's crunch time here on The Jump. On this date in 1998, the Celtics drafted Paul Pierce with the number 10 pick. Now, Paul, you were a projected top five pick. I imagine the Celtics weren't on your radar. So how surprised were you on draft night? I was shocked. Come on, Rach. I was a top five college All-American, upper national player of the year, projected to go top five. 
I slide all the way to 10 for a team I never even worked out for. You know, sometimes you think some things are just meant to be. I was meant to be in the green and white. I played in green and white in high school, and so it was only fitting that I get drafted by the Boston Celtics. But boy, was I disappointed sitting in that draft room thinking I'm going to go to the Vancouver Grizzlies at number two and to slide all the way to 10. Like I said, sometimes things are meant to happen. Grew up a Lakers fan, hated the Celtics, and now you got your number in the rafters at Boston Garden. I love it. I love it when a plan comes together. All right, guys, brand new Pistons. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than having it. It sounds a lot better than having it in the Grizzlies rafters. <laughs> you know, Boston Ooh. Grizzlies. That's a shot. That's better. That's a shot. All right, guys, you're seeing pictures of World Wide West. The Knicks have announced that he is joining them as an executive vice president. He has a long history with new president Leon Rose. But of course, we know World Wide West has a long history with everybody. Paul, what do you think of this move? Yeah. I mean, great move. You know, World Wide West, you know, everybody loves him. He's been an advisor for the NBA for 20 years that I've been in the NBA. And so this is a great man. You know, well-respected amongst agents, amongst owners, amongst GMs. Uh, I think this is a great move for the Knicks. Yeah, it can't hurt. And it'll be interesting to see if the connection he had with kind of the LeBron generation, if it's as strong with the Carl Towns, Devin Booker, et cetera, generation. But it can't hurt. It's a good hire. Yeah, People love him and with good reason. Uh, we will see. There's a lot going on with the Knicks where they do things that players don't like and then they do things that players do like. I will be interested to see in the offseason who they can attract. I want to get into Andre Drummond, though, because he broke a little news yesterday on the Levitard and Friends Stupidity podcast. Here is our friend Stu Gotts. Take a listen. Listen, I don't want to tell you how to do your business, okay? But I'm assuming that $29 million uh, option that you have is going to be exercised, right? That's going to be pretty hard to give up. <laughs> Andre, it's $29 million, man. <laughs> yeah, that's going, to be, that's going to be hard to give up. So you can, you can count on me being in Cleveland still. You can count on him being in Cleveland. Drummond expected to be one of the top free agents in the market this offseason, but it does sound like he's picking up that $29 million player option. So, Zach, do you expect more players to opt in this offseason due to all the uncertainty? Yeah, at the trade deadline, the message coming out was Andre Drummond is opting out, buyer beware, and obviously the pandemic has changed everything. I would be shocked if almost anybody opted out of a player option at that level. I mean, there are a couple of guys, Evan Fournier is one, who's on the border of if they can get contract extensions, maybe it makes sense to opt out, but most guys are going to opt in just because, you know, that amount of money is is nothing to scoff at. Yeah, I mean, with the uncertainty around the league, I mean, there's so many reasons to opt in. I mean, we don't know what the salary cap is going to project uh, next year. And then Andre Andre Drummond, $29 million, that's a no-brainer. I mean, come on, I'll play in Alaska for $29 million. Come on, let alone, let alone Cleveland. I mean, I know Cleveland is Cleveland, but... <laughs> There's not many places I wouldn't play for $29 million. Okay, so apparently the, the Grizzly is a little questionable, according to you. You wouldn't have wanted your number retired there. But Alaska's okay, Paul? <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> for $29 million, though. <laughs> Paul is going scorched earth on the small markets right now. Hey, man. Look, the $25 million, I get it. Thank you guys for joining us today. The Jump will be back tomorrow. We will keep you posted on all the latest on the players that are in and out on the Orlando Restart. 
Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit geico.com for details.